here we are today, Thursday. Hey, and today I think we could probably even call this throwback Thursday because with the cell phone outages that we got going on all over the country, a lot of us are stuck in like almost 1980-ish where only a limited number of people have cell phones. The rest of us are dependent on landline. You can't get no GPS. If you go out anywhere, you got to figure out how you're going to get there by a map, (laughs) by a paper map. Well, at least in 1980, we had our landlines. (laughs) Yeah. You know, here anymore, we don't have landlines. I know. You know, we were without a landline. We have a phone number because you have to have one for internet. That's why we don't have a landline. Yeah, that's why I said we're kind of about halfway stuck in 1980s, you know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Yeah. Everybody wake up with no phone service. Isn't it? Don't you find it awful weird that you can get on the internet and you can do everything Wi-Fi? But supposedly we're having this solar flare going on. Well, I find it weird if it's a solar flare that only AT&T mostly is affected by it. You know, I guess the others. I know, and just our cell service, just a well, calling. it's because you didn't get solar flare blocker on your phone now, man. <laughs> oh, my Something, God. I don't that's know. That's hilarious, man. Well, think about it. I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> now they're going to make us pay for the Something. solar weather. Yeah. Isn't that what we uh, the watched space a little? Weather. Space weather. Yeah. I had no the idea Jewish that there was weather. a space weather channel. The, the Jewish space weather that goes along with the Jewish space laser, you know. Anyway, that's yeah, a bad Yeah, we could joke. have a lot of fun with this this morning. That was a bad joke. You. I want to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might get kicked out of something like um, MTG did for talking about Jewish space lasers, and she was just joking. Yeah. You know, and then they just, like, kicked her out of stuff. Yeah, but anyway, let's get rolling uh, here, man. Rolling. But we're having so much fun talking about space lasers. We don't have the internet, so we're space. throwed off. We're, we are you know. throwed off. I can't make a phone call today. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's remind everybody, today's day three of early voting in the primary, in the Texas primary. And again, man, we keep hammering home the topic of Ken Paxton and the three judges that he has come out and endorsed and that we have also looked at and that we have come out and endorsed. And then we're going to continue and go on and talk about why this is important, why it's very important for you to go out and vote for these three judges. And I'm going to say their names. And I'm going to say who they're voting against so you can kind of get get it who they are. Okay, so Court of Criminal Appeals, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals is very important, and this is who we are watching. Okay, and it's um, Barbara Hervey is in place seven, and we would like you to vote for Gina Parker for place seven. Michelle Slaughter, who is in place eight, and we would like you to vote for Lee Finley, who is going out for place eight. Sharon Keller, which is a presiding judge, and she's been there for about 10 years. Um, We would like you to vote for David Schenck over her. These are very important judges. Yeah. And later on in the show, we're going to explain exactly why. So let's keep going. We had some big news yesterday, too, in the state of Texas concerning all of this. And and it's mostly, it deals with the subject of school choice which is a very, very yeah. hot topic in Texas right now during these primaries. Exactly, sure is. And it also deals with a little bit of an illegal activity by uh, some of the school districts around the state, which basically, even from what we've understood it to be, is election engineering. It's an illegal activity 
But it got exposed yesterday. Texas Scorecard exposed this. And here's an updated article from yesterday. Texas Scorecard reports this yesterday out of Denton. They say that a Denton Independent School District administrator emailed employees encouraging them to vote in the Republican primary election, decrying school choice, and making other politically charged allegations. The author of the email is Lindsay Lujan, the district's director of special programs. She also serves as the principal at the district's Alexander Elementary School there in the Denton ISD. Lujan told her employees in the all-staff message, so this was a this was a copy and paste to everybody. She she carbon copied everybody in the in the in the district in the district. Yeah, and she told all of them in this all staff message that the district will provide coverage for all Borman employees to go and vote in the Texas Republican primary. Our goal is that a hundred percent of Borman employees voting because it is that important. The writer of the article goes on to say it is uncertain why she references the district's Borman Elementary campus in an email apparently directed at the Alexander Elementary staff, though it indicates the same or similar message that went to multiple campuses in the DISD. And Lujan also included a statement purportedly from the superintendent of a Southeast Texas school district, which is Dabal, Texas, which is Angelina County which is where our show comes out of. Yes, we come out of Dieball, Texas. So, go ahead. And that's what I thought was crazy, and it really caught our attention when we were reading the article because we're really big on the school choice and really been bringing the information to everybody. So we seen this, and we have a town here in Dieball, what, 4,000 4, people? 6,000 Six, probably, around roughly, in there. yeah, five to six. But the superintendent of Dieball says this. And we're just wondering where it came from, for one thing. But here's what he says, and it's in her letter, her email that she sent out to the district. It says, if Texas educators do not come together and vote on the candidate that will support public schools, we are in trouble. We cannot wait. Billions of money sitting there holding us hostage for vouchers. Districts adopting deficit budgets across the state while politics are played. This was said by... The superintendent of Dieball ISD, Brian Bowman, and was in her email. Yeah. So we're wondering if this email originated from Brian. Um, I contacted his office this morning, I guess, with the cell phone outage, which is crazy because I use Wi-Fi calling. I contacted, I contacted a landline number there to Dieball ISD offices and got no answer. I let it ring 10, 15 times. So we... You've emailed them, so yes. If we so we, do, yeah, if we do get a comment back, we will be putting that out here. Yes, the Texas Election Code though prohibits public employee, employees from using public resources to electioneer, while another section prohibits voter coercion. So this is illegal. Yeah, and it's not just happening in Denton or Dieball, but it's happening all over, all over the state. And just like with what Brian said, he said the narrative of we're all adopting these deficit budgets, you know, coming up, and we're looking for resources. Speaking of that right there, what gets me about this is they're really coming off like they didn't have any money for this year or for this, you know, school system or for the next budget coming up. Honestly, this was an amendment to a bill 
So I don't understand why they're actually telling everybody that they're not going to get their money. Here, I'm going to take you back. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about the school vouchers. It says here, during the 2023 legislation session, the Texas House considered a massive education bill. Okay, they considered a bill that included provisions for a school vouchers program in the state. However, an amendment was approved by a majority of House members effectively removing the vouchers program from the bill. So it says nothing about money. doesn't say removing money. It says, as a result, the push for vouchers in the lower chamber was haltered. This decision reflects the ongoing debate about the role of public funds in supporting private education. So nowhere in there does it say that they took away the money. Yeah. The teacher raises and the other things were already in this bill. Yes. But what, what everybody was wanting was a voucher program for an opportunity for you if you feel as though your school is letting your child down, if you feel your school is not giving the education to your child that he deserves, he or she deserves, if you feel that your school is pushing the woke and the DEI agendas and the trans agendas upon these kids, then a voucher is something that will help each and every family get their kid and put them in a school that they know that they're going to, their focus will be on good education. And then they have the choice of removing their kid from that situation and putting them where they want to go. They have a choice. Every parent should have a choice. Right. And the narrative of they're, they're not going to give us our resources, they're not going to give us our funding is a narrative. It's false because the budgets that they're putting out here and proposing these deficit budgets is nothing more than projection that... That's exactly right. So if you give the voucher program out here and you allow everybody to make these choices, then, then you're going to get a better statistical data of exactly the number of students you're going to have. Then your resources and your funding and all that, you can have a better control of your budget. You don't need that resources and funding. If you're not going to have the kid there, the voucher doesn't do anything. Pulling the kid and taking him to another school Gives you less students, you need less resources, you need less funding. That's exactly what they're fighting. It all washes out. That's what they're fighting about. I know, I know. You know, they're like, oh, they're going to take my money away by giving the money to the parents to take wherever they want. By giving the money to the student, they're taking, you know, you're taking the money away from the school and the teachers and all that. Well, but but my, my point with that is, is it's not like in a job where they go, okay, you come in here for this money per hour and you're going to do this work. Well, a month from now, you're doing three times the work and you're getting the same amount of money. This is not that same situation. That's kind of what my point was. Right. With that. You know, if I had 30 kids, five of them take vouchers. Now I've got 25 kids. I don't need the resources and the funding for that extra five kids. But see, that's what the sco- the students and the, I mean, that's what the teachers and the Texas Association and all of that, that is what they're claiming. You're taking the money away right. by doing that. By doing that. By taking the child away, you're taking their funds away. So in my mind, it seems that they care more about having the funds for the school than they do actually for the child's education. Do you think they? Do you think some of this comes from a fear like through the bonds? Yes. The, the bond elections that they passed and, and all of this different money that they spent on 
building new art centers or football stadiums or these kind of other things? Do you think a lot of their fear comes in that? You know, I'm not really for sure. I can't, like, bank on that. But I do know that if it comes down to a penny away from these unions and these associations and all of the lobbyists that are for for public school, government school is what this is. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's Texas, but Texas is doing the exact same thing. Right. They have DEI and CRT in our schools right now. Yeah. And we don't have the choice, obviously, to send our kids to any other school unless we are rich. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess let, let's, let's get back to the original point, I guess, of, of this entire thing is the fact that what Mr. Bowman and Miss Lujan and other other schools, other like this school one right here, this Alito ISD talks about their budget. Right. And upcoming, what they say here, we are so disappointed to have to write you today regarding the Alito ISD budget and planning for upcoming budget cuts. As you know, we wrote to you in 2023 about the state withholding adequate school funding and the implications for our district's budget and the budgets of school districts across the state. The budget deficit that Alito ISD faces now and into the future is a serious and dire situation. But nowhere there does it say. Nope. Nope. But keep going. Keep this going. This situation has been caused by the historic inflation that all of us have been dealing with, estimated at 19% since 2019, partnered with the fact that our state leaders, with our governor leading the charge, prioritized tax taxpayer-funded private homeschool vouchers over funding for your Alito ISD schools. This happened even though enough legislators opposed vouchers to vote them down repeatedly for decades and again in 2023. Okay, there's there's what I'm talking about. There's the there's issue. There's the narrative. There's the narrative and there's the issue because it, whether, whether Mr. Bowman had, you know, a, a good intention with what he, the message he was trying to portray you know, or, or put out there, whether he had good intentions or not, what he's done, what Miss Lujan has done, what the Alito ISD has done on the surface looks like fear mongering, intimidation and bullying to the point where we're going to tell you, Oh, just how bad it's going to be. If this passes, you got to vote this other way, go ahead and go vote. We're going to provide full coverage for you. That is election engineering. It's the yes. same as with a church. You know, if a pastor gets up there and promotes a certain candidate and his agenda and tells you to go out and vote for him, what happens to that church? Immediately they lose their 503C yes, status. They do. You know, so it's the same with that. It's illegal for that to happen. It's illegal for this to happen. You're not allowed to use your resources to influence or, or engineer election results and that's what has happened here it's not about party it's not about any of that it's about the fact that what you've done is against the law but what can we do about it there you go and this brings us back to what you said just a minute ago about the importance of ken paxton and the judges that we have continued to talk about miss parker um lee finley and david shank and and this is why this is important Break this down for us, babe. <laughs> well, okay. This soundbite that we're going to play you is from the war room. It's Natalie Winters talking to um, Attorney General Ken Paxton. 
and he is explaining the predicament that we're in here. A.G. Paxton, I'd love to just get your thoughts. The number one question that I hear from viewers of the War Room audience is, what have we done since 2020 and 2022 to secure the election going into 2024? And it sounds like you're trying to do something, but of course your hands are are tied probably by George Soros-linked prosecutors. So I'm just curious your kind of answer to that question, your thoughts. Well, first of all, I'm sad I don't have real red meat like your past uh, guest. I have <laughs> I have metaphorical red meat. Uh, now, we actually have passed some good election reform bills in our in our House and Senate. Finally, after years of, of, of ignoring that in the Texas House, the problem we have now is that we have our Court of Criminal Appeals struck down a uh, statute that was passed in 1951 that directed the Attorney General of Texas to prosecute voter fraud, and that now leaves local district attorneys who are funded by George Soros in the big counties to prosecute voter fraud. So we know that in like Austin, uh, 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 Houston and Dallas and uh, San Antonio, that those cases are not going to be prosecuted. So if the attorney general of Texas can't step in with concurrent jurisdiction to prosecute, Texas is on its way to becoming a a democratic state. So I'm hoping that we're going to elect these three new uh, challengers and we can move our way back towards prosecuting voter fraud in the state of Texas. That right there is the main reason we need to pay attention to the conservative judges. Now he's he he continue he says all the time activist judges and that's judges that that allowed someone to come in and sue about this and then change their and precedent then, yeah. after 70 years. Exactly. Made the ruling based on that. Based on that. So we really need, um, we're going to bring it all the way around to vote. Vote early. Bank your vote now. And vote for judges. Right. And remember these names. Yeah. And and, and I just got to point out with this, people. You know, for four years now, actually for eight, but especially for the last four years, when the election malfeasance and the election dishonesty and the election rigging that we seen go on on a national scale, guys, if we're not careful, like Ken Paxson's talking about in the state of Texas now, because the state attorney general's office cannot prosecute voter fraud. It has to be done on that local level. Just like he said, we've seen on a national scale, the source funded DAs, um, What's his name in New York? Um, we seen him this morning. Oh, uh, Alvin Bragg. There, there's a good example. Letitia James. You know, we've seen it on the national level. It's going to come to our state level now because of this ruling now. When you've got in cities like Houston, Dallas, all San Antonio, these Soros-funded DAs are not going to prosecute voter fraud. No. And your elections are going to be the same as they were in 2020 and 2022. Uh-huh. And it's going to happen in 2024. And that goes back to my question that I asked a while ago. What can we do about this? Well, as our Texas Attorney General just said, really, nothing. At this there point? Nothing at this point that he can do. Now, you, on the other hand, can do a lot. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, me and Peanut today, we're going to ask you to contact your School boards, your teachers, your administrators, your legislatures, you need to contact, call, whatever you can do, email, 
yep. and let them know that this is wrong. This is against the law. Yep. And, and it has to be stopped. If we can't get this stopped right here, man, we, we're in trouble. So we're asking for your help. You can do this. Is this thing working? Rise up. Well, hey, everybody, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you've learned some things about what's going on around us in the nation and in your communities. You know, we couldn't do this without your continued support either. We appreciate all of you showing up, taking the time to listen to us today. So please, like I say, make sure to hit the like button, share our show with all your friends. We'll see you next time on Is This Thing Working? And as always, I'm James, and that's my lovely co-host over there. Denise. And we'll see you next time. We're out.